Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Our guest this hour is former Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill, now running for governor of the state of Indiana. You talk a little bit about one of the great things I think you did during COVID. You were one of the few people who stood up to Holcomb was you said when Holcomb tried to put people in jail for not wearing a mask. No, you can't do that. You can't just make up laws. You go go along. And within 24 hours, he pulled that out of the executive order, the criminal penalty. Yes. Can you talk about why you stood up to Holcomb during COVID and why you think the majority, overwhelming majority of Republicans in the House and Senate weren't willing to do that? Because it was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, early on in, in, the, in the COVID crisis, there was a lot of uh, misunderstandings about what was happening. So everybody catches a break in the first early months between January and March, uh, not knowing what's happening. But we knew fairly quickly that this situation was a problem for a particular set of individuals uh, over a particular age with certain conditions. And so the concept of shutting down the government, shutting down schools, became stupid after a few weeks. And going on or continuing on after that uh, didn't make sense. So what we did, what we were seeing was leadership. We were seeing following. We were, we were tracking what other states were doing and doing a similar thing. And when the governor uh, presented this mask mandate through a press release, um, we went into action that same day. We broke a record for getting out an attorney general's opinion. Typically, it takes weeks or months to get an opinion. We put that out the same day mm-hmm. uh, because it was so clear and pointed out that uh, the executive uh, emergency powers did not provide him with the authority to, to uh, create legislation or essentially to criminalize uh, conduct. And uh, we put that out right away. That I think the opinion went out around nine or nine thirty that evening. And you're correct. The next day, that was withdrawn from the uh, from the program. So we had a direct impact by standing up and uh, pointing out the constitutional flaws in his argument. And I'm I'm shocked, really. I I can't I can't really name a whole lot of people who were standing up at that time uh, in 2020, suggesting that these things are problems. You know, we had fully one third of Indiana state government on the sidelines during our biggest crisis in our lifetime. And no one was working hard to get the legislature back into play. Now, I'm not saying that the legislature would have had solutions, but they should have been engaged in the process, having debate, uh, public discourse, engaging with the people to understand what the problem was and to try to fix it. No, Nobody wanted that responsibility. They were just as happy to stay on the sideline and not accept responsibility or blame for what happened. And the governor was happy to uh, to continue to be a wartime governor, as these governors across the state were or across the country were doing. They were show, holding press conferences to show how tough and virile they were. And uh, at the same time, the people in our various states were suffering. You uh, spent, obviously, your time in statewide office as a person of the law, right? Like, your job is interpret the law, Correct. enforce the law. So you get to weigh in on a lot of the other issues. I'm curious, now that you're out and can speak freely, what do you think about when you look at the Republican Party today? 
especially in the area of taxes. Like you look at property taxes, they're totally out of control. Nobody wants to do anything. You look at the gas tax, which they just raised again by $90 million over three years. When did the Republicans become the party of big taxes and big government? And what would you do about it as governor? Well, they're, they're no different than the, than the Democrats when it comes to spending. Uh, the problem with taxes is is you got to raise money to to take care of all your pet projects, and so the beginning, the, the the first part of the process is taking a look at what can we do without, what types of things do are we doing that we no longer need to be doing. Uh, the Republican Party is supposed to be about uh, limited government, and yet we have big government, big agencies, uh, big bureaucracy. So one of the things that we have to do is examine what it is that we do, why we do it and start eliminating things that are unnecessary. I've said this for a number of years. Uh, when legislators uh, come to Indianapolis, the, the way that they are measured is by the legislation that they put out. And so we have countless amounts of legislation that don't work, uh, aren't effective, are not in use, but no one goes back through and cleans those out. So we have this glut of stuff that goes on. It's the same thing with, with the bureaucracy. Uh, let's put this program together. Uh, let's not worry about having a, a definition of whether the program worked. Let's just continue the program on and on and on and add more people and add more expense. And so pretty soon you have to pay for all that, and that's where these taxes come into play. So one of the things that we do is gut this program, uh, cut the, the responsibilities, and then we can look very, very seriously at where we can reduce our tax burdens. Curtis Hill, our guest, running for a, a governor now of the state of Indiana. Uh, let's talk real quick about what you got to do to get on the ballot. And, you know, we've talked, Casey, I talk about how just terrible our ballot access laws are if you want to run for governor or U.S. Senate because they're designed to keep regular people from running. Of course, unless you're Todd Young and then you don't have to get the signatures and that's, that's okay. <laughs> but if you're anybody else, you have to get 500 signatures in each congressional district just to get on the ballot. Can you, from a candidate's perspective, because Casey and I have talked about this from, you know, an analysis, person who's been a part of campaign's perspective, but as the candidate, can you talk about what a hurdle that is and how really unfair and what a burden that is for regular people running for public office? Well, it, it, it's something that we're going to handle. We've got a plan for that, but it is a burden that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, uh, ballot access, that's called being an American. That's called being born and naturalized to be able to vote. Uh, so it's a ridiculous process to, to, to have in place. And it's an example of those in power putting in rules to keep them in power. And uh, we'll comply. We'll do what we need to do to get on the ballot. Uh, we'll win. And then these would be the types of things that we'll look at going forward to say, why are we doing things to limit the access to uh, to uh, elective office to our citizens? Um, it's it's ridiculous. It's silly. Uh, but it's just like the, the the two primary rule. Why would you have a rule that says that you got to you have to be in a vote in two primaries to be in a particular party, if not to try to to sustain power for yourself? Um, the power belongs to the people. And we need to do everything that we can to make sure that Indiana recognizes that and fights for that. Curtis Hill is joining us running for governor for the state of Indiana. Now, Curtis, running for a statewide office in Indiana can be an expensive proposition. We've got to cover markets like Fort Wayne and Indianapolis and Evansville and South Bend and Gary. And I'm curious, how are you doing in fundraising at this point? And it is becoming a more crowded field, not only with the four candidates on the Republican side, but you've got the Libertarian and also the Democrats. Why do you feel that you're the best option for the state of Indiana? Well, from a fundraising standpoint, we just got started on Monday. So, mm -hmm. uh, Curtis Hill for uh, CurtisHill.com. There, I'm making my plug out there. Mm -hmm. uh, folks should contact our website and uh, look at what we're doing and uh, be interested in donating. From my perspective, uh, this is grassroots. 
Um, this is not a situation where, in my opinion, Hoosiers are ready for someone to just come in and roll out the checkbook and write their own uh, their their access. And that's kind of the history in the last several years. Uh, big millionaires come in and run for office and push the normal regular folks out of the process. Uh, if that's the system we want, by golly, go out and vote for the millionaires and wonder why you're on the sitting on the outside on the curb. Uh, from our perspective, we're working it the old-fashioned way, one vote at a time, one person at a time. Uh, I see this as uh, like David and Goliath. Uh, uh, Goliath, the big giant out there with all the strength, and David uh, had uh, faith in God and five smooth stones. So if we place that stone pr- precisely where it goes, uh, we'll, we'll do well. So uh, I think it's a matter of, of engaging uh, the public. Um, uh, we're also, I think we're going to be more interesting. Uh, we're going to have more things to talk about. Um, so I, I, am excited about the process. I'm excited about where we're going and I look forward to standing on a stage with anyone else who plans to run for governor and sharing our issues. I think that we can compare, uh, uh, quite nicely, uh, with the opposition. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. Our guest this hour, former Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill, now running for governor of the state of Indiana. And we've got a lot more with Curtis when we come back. 93 WIBC.